0: Welcome to Allison's Wonderland. I'm your host, Allison Packard. Join us as we journey through the looking glass and down the rabbit hole into the wild and wonderful world of animation and video games. Hey, do a girl a favor and please subscribe to this podcast and go on iTunes and leave us a good review. If you like the show, please help spread the word. It really helps us to get heard by more people. Thanks so much. Billy West is considered the modern day Mel Blanc. And if you listen to any of the classic cartoons, you probably are very familiar with Billy's many voices. Among his most notable characters are Philip Fry from Futurama. The show's so nice, they canceled it twice. And it's now coming back again with new episodes to stream on Hulu. I'm going to chat with Billy today about so many different things. So welcome to Allison's Wonderland. Billy West! Ah!
1: Billy! Ah! Billy what, what I know- About him.
0: Billy (laughs) will. Billy, it's so amazing because I think of every single voice actor you are by far one of my favorites. But oh, thank you. This is the disillusionment of celebrity. I kind of feel like I know you and that is because. You do. A little bit, yeah. My dad's old partner, co-worker, my dad was a pipe fitter at uh-huh. Babson College for many years in, outside of Boston.
1: Heard of it. And
0: uh, his partner was Joe Ross from La- Roslindale who grew up on the block. He was Joey from the block.
1: That's right. Yeah. I remember him. Joey he, from the block. He, we used to hear him or just see him. He didn't know anybody was watching him and he used to be <laughs> singing. Going up and down the scale,
0: really? Yeah. Wow. It Joey Ross like, almost sounds like Joey McIntyre, but uh, not to be not the same guy. No, not he, the same guy.
1: We heard him singing "Me and My Friend," and one of those things that's stuck in our head. That's amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Growing up, and he was just and walking around oh.
1: like Alpha Alpha. <laughs> you know?
0: That how embarrassing, right? Drink to me only with us. <laughs> Meanwhile, if he was doing that now, you'd be, like, secretly filming him. and <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. You couldn't secretly do anything back then. No. No.
0: So, Rosalind Dale. See, yeah, it's like, I feel like people that are from Boston, <clears throat> you know, you, there's, like, a certain way of being. And there's also, like, there's those of us that are not there anymore, you know, right. for whatever choice. You, you know? grew up there? I grew up
1: outside of Boston. How you know? come you don't yeah. have that, you know... Serious accent, right?
0: Dude, I don't know what accent you're Why? doing right now, t- man. This is, uh, nah, not. that's the
1: Boston accent that I grew up with, right? <laughs> yeah, seriously.
0: I grew up in South Shore, so that's like Plymouth, Brockton. My dad was from Brockton, my mom was from South Brockton. Boston. I remember when I was growing up, the only safe Avon. place
1: you could live in Brockton was the firehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Brockton was rough. It was the home of arson for quite a while. I think there was like (laughs) citations on the city hall. (laughs) Yeah, and a billboard when you entered. The (laughs) home of
0: arson. (laughs) Brockton (laughs) Mass. Yeah, you know, the Brockton Fair.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Brockton Fair. And let's see. I used to go. What else? There was some. I had an aunt that lived in Brockton. I had cousins that lived there. They were all over. All my, all my family. I mean, my cousins are still around, but my, all my yeah. nice aunts that I had, they're all gone now. But I remember Stoughton and Brockton. Stoughton. And born Stoughton. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yep. Stoughton Memorial Hospital. Goddard. Goddard Hospital.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I was like growing up, you know. When, as soon as I expressed an interest in voiceover, of course, everybody is like, that's Billy West. You got to meet Billy West. My dad, as soon as I moved to L.A., he's like, you got to find Billy West. Tell him to give you a job. I
1: found you. Yeah, you found me. I made sure that that you knew me. That's right. We we I probably came over, and you know, I'm a gentleman. <laughs> Comic con was that the one where NRBQ was playing? I don't recall NRBQ. Michael Winslow was he at that oh, one? I think it was a different. You year. know who he is? No, together t- did the All of Noises and the Police Academy. Oh, rad! Movies. Rad. Yeah, he's he's pretty special.
0: Now it's interesting. You're a musician as well. Yes, you have been. Your some of your early aspirations and. The things you were most known for in your 20s were playing in bands.
1: Mm-hmm. I had a band called the Rogues, and we were basically little rogues. You know, <laughs> we're all Irishmen. And I remember it was nothing to carry your own equipment. You were like, you were so happy to be doing it and pushing <laughs> into the snow. And sure, we got a job. You know that that thirteen dollars per gig okay. enough for beer <laughs> and Chinese. That was me schlepping
0: all the gear up here. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I mean, but but it's like Never real, changes. it was such a labor of love. And but you said, you know, and do what if I can't do this? You know, I'll, I don't care. I'll carry amps and huge Hammond organs. We used to play all over the place, bars and things. And I remember when I was 19, we all got together and decided, let's go into Boston (laughs) and go to the combat zone where all the strip clubs were. (laughs) This was 1972.
0: So then how did you make the transition from playing in bands, Mm -hmm. being in Boston to working on the radio for WBCN? And doing voices on the radio.
1: It wasn't answers uh, on the radio. And I, I loved them, but I used to say to myself, who talks like this? <laughs> you know, that's conclude, that's conclude, that's conclude, that is all. <laughs> you know, and I used to love it. I used to love it when they screwed up, they just were so hurt.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: they were like you could hear them whimpering out the door. I had a big, my chance, I blew it. I, I I'm going to get fired. Yeah, that's right. But I could do those guys and I used to make fun of them and everything. And, but that was all, you know, you're building like a, a repertoire of styles and people. And I was an observer. I was on the autism spectrum. So I was like a little alien. You know, I used to just analyze, spectrum analyze everything and everybody and every sound and Yeah, not so much visually, but sonically. Sonically. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Um, when I was uh, growing up in Detroit, Michigan, there were Warner Brothers cartoons on TV but they were prints of prints of prints you know films of films of films they didn't transfer stuff interesting So in other words by the time you got to watch it it was all protons you know
0: <laughs> <It's> just scratches
1: <laughs> just, like yeah that. yeah but you could always hear the voice track and, and we used to get those shows from Canada, from Toronto. And that's where I realized that I was listening to Mel Blanc, you know, for the first time. It was like, I don't know, it was a life changer, really. I didn't think much about it, but I just knew that something was like... (laughs) You know, and and hearing other guys like Dawes Butler and Don Messick Mm -hmm. for Hanna-Barbera, this is like 1957. Those guys would wind up to become my heroes, my idols. And some of the women like Norma McMillan and June Mm Foray and Lucille Bliss, you know, all the old timers.
0: Did you get to meet a lot of voice actors from that generation?
1: Yeah. Well, when I left radio in Boston, I moved to New York. Mm -hmm. And I was working with Howard Stern and, hey, Robin, I just farted.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the uh, guide to the show. <laughs> I used to go out on auditions and I met guys that I was a small child when I used to listen to them. And there he was sitting there, Jackson wow. Beck, his name was. He was the voice of Bluto in the Popeye cartoons. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the yeah. 40s. Wow. Yeah.
0: And he was living in New York at the time?
1: Living in New York. He always lived in New York and he did radio. I mean, he worked in radio before there was television and he was a narrator. He had a big voice and that's why they loved him. They always hired him for everything. And he played a detective named Philo Vance, you know, and he would say, She was a blonde, a blonde that would make a bishop want to kick a hole in a stained glass window. <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. Silly. But there he was at an audition. And I, I, Learned what a journeyman is. To me, yeah. these guys lived in castles in Spain. Sure. You know, yeah. when I was like, how could he and I am in the room and, same- and, and I'm mm-hmm. reading with him. <laughs> you know, most of my heroes said to me uh, when I just said, I can't believe that I'm sitting here. And they said, well, where you been? We've been saving a seat for you. You know,
0: I love that.
1: Yeah. But it was the nicest thing that you could say to anybody that was new. Mm hmm. Yeah, you know, welcome.
0: Hey, guys, this is Allison Packard. Sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to let you know that if you like the show, please, please, please remember to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us to get heard by more people. Thanks so much. Do you still feel that way when you meet yes. n- newcomers to the business?
1: I tell I tell them we're saving a seat for them. I want to encourage everybody. And I think because of what I did and what others my friends and my people I work with, I think because of them, it it spurred a whole wave of people wanting to do voiceovers.
0: Mm, mm -hmm.
1: And, and I was flattered and I just thought, you know what? The industry needs you. Mm -hmm. They really do. I mean, the industry never downsizes. This is the only business we have left. You know, it's not Bitcoin (laughs) because that just went. (laughs) that's not doing so well.
0: (laughs) Sorry, Bitcoin. No,
1: but I mean, we make show business. Mm -hmm. That's our business our factory, and it never downsizes. And it gets bigger and bigger, <laughs> bigger and bigger. And then there was a movement in New York of performance artists because mm-hmm. they were super talented people that couldn't get a gig. They couldn't get hired on Broadway. They, you know, and they were like, must've been hitting themselves in the head with a hammer. So they said, let's create Literally. our own mm-hmm. performance spaces and let's star in our own writing. And it was a big scene. People like Eric Bagogian and Ann Magnuson and people like that. But now the internet is a modern day version of that. There's That's all crazy. these people that <clears throat> want to perform, want to perform in the most, you know, in the most sincere ways. And and I watch a lot of stuff. I watch more like stuff online yeah. than I do on television.
0: Are you I, I haven't have, watched YouTube, television TikTok in years. or Instagram? What do you, what do you, what do you watch?
1: No, YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Got it. Hey guys. Hey guys. Hey guys. Hey, guys. This is going
0: to be on YouTube. Like
1: and subscribe.
0: Yeah. Don't forget. <laughs>
1: don't forget.
0: Tell your friends. Share these.
1: Yeah. But <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad it's happening because it's, you know, you're going to get a lot of great stuff come out of all of it. Yeah. I believe that. I have to believe that. I have to believe that the business, whatever business this is, you know, you're competing with people that have a zillion hits on online. Totally. And they want to hire them and not you. And it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. they sound like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is like the antithesis of art. where where it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. We like to think that talent will eventually, eventually rises to the top, but
1: that's, I hang on to that. I've always clung to that. Mm -hmm. Who knows things changing rapidly, Mm -hmm. but there's still people that blow me away. I'll I'll hear somebody out of nowhere and I'll just go, look at that. That's fantastic. You know, I, I get excited.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you've had an amazing career. I was <laughs> thinking about growing up, one of my favorite shows was Doug on Nickelodeon. And and then, you know, hearing. he was
1: um, painfully average, 11 and a half year old. And uh, this is my dog, Porkchop. <laughs> and uh, oh, they're 20 years older now, 25 years older now. So you think they're going to one kid's going to turn out one way and the other kid's going to turn out the other way. And then all of a sudden, dear journal, today I blew up a courthouse. <laughs> Doug. See him. Going to court. It's Judge Roger Klotz. Order. Order in the court. Order. Oh, look who it is. Funny, you loser. I knew I was going to see you in here one of these days. You get guilty written all over your face, even Spelled wrong. Guilty. Guilty. Loser. Loser. You're going to jail for five. No. A thousand years, funny. A thousand years. Years. <laughs> years, years. Years. Oh, no. No. <laughs>
0: Whoa. Somebody wait,
1: wait, somebody is should that just animate. Somebody should off the cup. Somebody, somebody should animate that. We
0: should. Yes. I yes, let me see what I can do. I bet
1: you somebody out there could take that and animate it. Okay, internet,
0: do your thing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Don't make a monkey out of me. I'm counting on yep. you. I know the talent is there. We I know it's to. you and you and you and you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, guys. And, and you. Especially and, you. And you. <laughs> We always forget about you, but you're, (laughs) you're part of this too. But wow. Okay. So uh, Futurama is now coming back for a third time Mm -hmm. on Hulu. Uh, Are you surprised?
1: No, because I always thought the show was too good to not be in production. Uh-huh. Whether it was in streaming or whether it was on television or yeah. cable, you know, I just knew that it was too good to not be active.
0: Well, Philemar calls it the zombie animated series, the show oh, that never dies, It's coming back He's from the dead. Coming back.
1: <laughs> it's the Glenn Close of shows or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You can't go there. (laughs) You know, what was that fatal attraction? I know. I was thinking about it. But I'm I'm thrilled to death. And it was my favorite show that I ever did. I mean, I had done a lot of stuff for Nickelodeon. I'd done Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Hey, Ren, will you button me? Will you shut up, you fool? No, I'll kill you. You idiot. Now be nice. And, you know, that stuff was all screaming and yelling. Uh
0: Uh-huh.
1: I was married then and I used to call home and I used to go, I'm not going to be able to do this show. I sounded like Alec Baldwin or something. I was like, (laughs) Violet, no, I'm not going to be. I'm telling you, Violet, I'm not going to be able to do the show, Violet. You know, and because the screaming was (laughs) wrecking me. So I had to figure out a way to do it. And you will. If you have to, you will figure out a goddamn way to do it. You know, there's, there's a zillion little places and it's not all there. It's up here, too. Everywhere And resting, vocal rest when you're not. Yeah, but sometimes ordering. when my voice is totally beat up, where you can barely do anything, a sound will appear out of nowhere and you can make a voice out of it. It's like the patron saying a voiceover. Well, yeah. <laughs> it comes in. Yeah. Hey, it's this guy. <laughs> no, I mean, but like if I, um if you're wheezing, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like I, I gained like 25 pounds during the pandemic. <laughs> and I said, oh, God, I got to get this off because I'll be tying my shoe and I'll be like, <laughs> And then it's like Muttley the dog, you know. <laughs> the COVID cough. Yeah. The COVID cough. Yeah. And then, then this little voice like, hi, hi, how you doing? You know, and I said, that screwy voice, it can be developed, but it, it's only there when I'm wrecked.
0: Uh, You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Remember that little man boy or whatever he was? (laughs) I shouldn't say that. You're going to have to be more specific? He played Piglet, John Fiedler. I shouldn't say that about him. He's a distinguished actor. He did a million things, but he was on Star Trek and he he played Jack, like a Jack the Ripper. And he went, I'm going to make you suffer. Die. Die. All of you die.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And he had this little. I wonder if we can find that. You
1: can find it. Yeah, you can find it. And he was in 12 Angry Men. I don't believe this. Guy, you know, he, he just had this crazy voice, and I love stuff like that. That's so off the nose. I did a lot of screwy things for Futurama, like the Zoidberg voice was a vaudevillian named George Jessel. Vaudeville was around before television. And mm-hmm. there were houses, vaudeville houses, where there'd be a burlesque act, and then there'd be baggy pants comics, squirt and seltzer, like in a, the theater, you mean? Yes, and then there'd be a chamber music quartet. You know, people could sit there all day and see twelve, you know, acts, and a lot of them were amazing people, the Marx Brothers. You know, imagine being that fortunate, sitting in there, getting ready to throw a tomato, you know, for laughs, <laughs> and then you see them, and you go, oh boy, yeah. I'm going to
0: keep, I'm going to keep, yeah, this I'm going to keep this tomato.
1: And anyway, there was a guy named George Jessel. And he was an MC, Master of Ceremonies, and he would say things like, you know the definition of a smartass? A fellow that can sit on an ice cream cone and tell you what flavor it is. <laughs> yeah. And he had this marble mouth, and, and so I took him and an actor from Yiddish theater, Lou Jacoby, who was in the Arthur movie, and he leaned in and he went, what's it like to have all that money? You know, and I just thought, it's so beautiful. they so, they're these guys have these mush mouths, and that was perfect for Zoidberg. <laughs> Young lady, bring me a sandwich from the dumpster. And it worked because the visual was there. Yeah. Yeah. He'd have to be talking through all this cool meat hanging off his face. Oh, lovely. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: love it. I think meat hanging off the face is like just a new phrase that's going to start coming out in character breakdowns but to have a but
1: those meat hanging off the you're face you're creating another cavity mm-hmm. that you didn't have mm-hmm. what is this you know and it doesn't have to be a male voice it doesn't have to have a jewish accent you know it, mm. it can go italian it's like you know she's the cavity thing there's another person that had that like people that had these low <coughs> I'm telling you, you know, that kind Mm -hmm. of sound. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not doing it right. Catch me on a good day. You can catch my act at Dunkin' Donuts tonight at 2 (laughs) a.m. Hey, what time is it? Two (laughs) o'clock? P.M. Yeah. (laughs) But that's how you find stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you can make any
1: kind of noise, it can be turned into a voice of some sort.
0: Hey, guys, my interview with Billy was so packed with information that we are making it a two part series. So tune in next week for part two of the interview where Billy discusses the future of Futurama. Ooh, that was uh, fun to say. And uh, so much more. So we'll see you next week.